Grab your mason jars, strap on that apron. It's time for Canning with the Diva. Making her mark across the globe. Teaching you how to safely preserve delicious recipes. Please welcome your host, Diane Devereaux, the Canning Diva. Hey everyone, this is Diane Devereaux. You have tuned in to Canning with the Diva. I am the Canning Diva and I am so excited to wrap up 2022 with my final episode of season two, which is Canning Sweet Potatoes. Now I know we've got Christmas right around the corner and those of you who are are planning your Christmas dinners, you're seeing all the wonderful sales and specials at the store. And you've come across a plethora of sweet potatoes. Grab them while you can. The sale, I'm sure, will last hopefully into the new year. But if not, gather up what you can. Take advantage of those cost savings. And let's get some sweet potatoes in a jar. Because not only is it healthy and delicious, it is an excellent way to get these beauties while they're on sale and still enjoy them for years to come. Now, canning sweet potatoes is going to be quite easy, so the segment will be pretty short, but I want to wrap up the year uh, with this delicious uh, root. We'll get into that in a moment because it is healthy, it is cost-effective, and it's also delicious and quite versatile as far as its uses go. Um, The sweet potato, even though it's termed a sweet potato, it technically is not a potato. It's a root crop, yes, but it's a root itself. It's not a tuber. A potato is actually a tuber, and so is a yam, okay? Oftentimes, sweet potatoes are referred to as yams. They are not yams. A yam is an entirely different root crop. So it's kind of funny that we we gave it this name, but a sweet potato is a root. It's not a tuber, whereas a potato and a yam are tubers. Now, for those of you who follow me at canningdiva.com, I've got quite a bit of information available within my article, also titled Canning Sweet Potatoes. I give you a link so that you can dive a bit deeper because the Farmer's Almanac gave quite a bit of detail to help gardeners and canners such as ourselves to identify what a sweet potato is from a yam compared to also a white fleshed potato, which would be like a russet, a yellow, a Yukon, a red skin. Those are all potatoes. And the sweet potato, although it has the name, Um, it's quite different. It's growing conditions are different. And for us canners, it's good for you to know that the pH value of a sweet potato is also different as well as its density, which is why you'll notice it's going to process a lot different than a standard white flesh potato. Okay. But the good news is we may safely preserve sweet potatoes in glass jars for long-term storage. So very exciting to share this with you. Also pop over to canningdiva.com if you want some visuals. I've got some beautiful images there and some ways in which to identify a yam from a sweet potato. But for today, those of you tuning in, we are going to cover the sweet potato canning recipe and instructions 
It's very simple. What I'm going to give you today will produce approximately seven quarts or 14 pints. Just know that if you weren't able to measure or weigh your sweet potatoes prior to tuning in, don't worry about it. You've already got sweet potatoes on hand. You can follow these simple instructions, pack your jars full and still process, and you don't have to get hung up on, you know, how many quarts or pints it'll yield. Okay. Um, also, what I'll do uh, when we wrap up the instructions is I'm going to give you ways in which to utilize the sweet potatoes and also give you some tips on candying them. Um, for those of us that like the candy yam concept, you can do that with your sweet potatoes and I'll give that information to you as well. Okay, so let's get started. As I previously mentioned, you can have... Um, you know, your potatoes, your sweet potatoes, excuse me, weighed ahead of time. And if you do, approximately 18 pounds of sweet potatoes is going to yield seven quarts or 14 pints of home canned sweet potatoes. Uh, what I want you to do is I want you to peel all of your sweet potatoes, rinse them really good in the sink, and then cut them into one and a half inch cubes. Of course, it's not going to be perfect because they're all misshaped. They're very different and unique. But just make sure that you're not having super large pieces and super tiny pieces, that you do your best to keep everything as uniform as possible. And then what I want you to do is use a funnel and go ahead and raw pack them into the jars. What I mean by that is after you've peeled them, rinsed them, and cut them, you're literally going to use your hands and that funnel, and you're going to get everything packed into the jar as tightly as possible. I call it playing Tetris in a jar because the goal is to not have a lot of air pockets or open space that'll just be simply filled with water. We really want to pack as many sweet potatoes in there as possible, and you're doing this cold. You're not heating anything. We're just going straight from the cutting board to the jar. One of my best tips I can give to you so that you can yield as much sweet potatoes per jar as possible is to use a wide mouth canning jar, whether it's a quart or a pint. A wide mouth is going to help you, number one, get as many in there as possible. And number two, for those of us using our hands, I have small hands, thankfully, so I can kind of fit my hand into that wide mouth. Um, for those of you with larger hands, you definitely want to use a wide mouth jar because the regular mouth, you can hardly get your fingers in there, right? So make sure a wide mouth is what, oh, sorry, there goes my computer making noises while I'm while I'm recording. Uh, but go ahead and, and gravitate more towards those wide mouth jars and just get them as full as possible. Make sure you're leaving yourself a, an inch of headspace, okay? We need to make room for when we add the water. And then, of course, when we're pressure canning these, we have to give them ample space to move around, to be active, to swell a bit because we don't want any siphoning and we certainly don't want to have a lid not seal because we've overpacked these and then some of the softened sweet potato gets up on the jar rim. Okay, so once you have all of your jars packed full of the cubed sweet potato, I want you to ladle fresh water right over them. The water does not have to be boiling. It just needs to be fresh water from your tap or if you use distilled water. I happen to have reverse osmosis. I like to fill it with that water. Um, whichever water you have access to, even if it's well water, go ahead and fill each jar to one inch of headspace covering up those sweet potatoes. Now, because we're raw packing 
and the sweet potatoes are in there pretty tight, we're not going to be able to fit a headspace measuring tool in there per se. The best way to remove the trapped air pockets is to lightly tap the jar onto the cutting board. You're just going to lightly tap that jar. You don't want to smash it. You don't want to be real rough with it. We are dealing with glass. And you don't want to over agitate it, which means you could actually create more air pockets. We don't want that. We want to remove the trapped air pockets by just gently tapping that onto the surface of the cutting board. Now, once you've removed some of those trapped air pockets, you might notice that the water level has decreased and you may need to add additional water so that you maintain that one inch headspace. We want to make sure that all of the sweet potatoes are covered with water. Next, I want you to wipe each jar rim with a washcloth dipped in vinegar, and then go ahead and add your lid and your ring and hand tighten. Place your jars in your pressure canner. Now, biggest key here, ladies and gentlemen, we are dealing with cold food, cold water, cold glass jars. So what does that mean? We want our pressure canner to start with cool water. Cool or cold, it doesn't matter. We need to match the temperature of the glass. And because these were not hot packed and we did not use boiling water, the water in the canner must be cold and match the temperature of the glass. What I want you to do is I want you to put the jars on the canner. I want you then to slowly bring the temperature up. So what I mean by that is you can leave your lid, canner lid off. I want you to spend the first 10 minutes with your burner on low. And I want you to just very gradually allow the glass to get warm because why? The water's getting warm. So set your timer for 10 minutes. Go ahead and start your um, burner on low. After 10 minutes, I want you to place the lid onto your pressure canner. And I want you to then crank that burner up to high. Because we haven't thermal shocked the glass, we've allowed it to gen, you know, very gently get up to a warm temperature. Turning it now on to high is going to be perfectly fine. And we can then allow the canner to do what it needs to do, which we all know, for those of us who've pressure canned, the next step is venting. Okay, so once you've got your canner on high, it's going to take a few minutes to get that up to full temperature inside the vessel, allowing it to vent. You then vent your canner for 10 minutes. After that, you then want to place your poppycock or your weighted gauge onto the vent because this is where the canning starts to happen. And what I mean by that is when we're pressure canning, we're relying on the temperature of the trapped air within the vessel to get to a certain PSI. So we do not start our timer. We all know this, and I'm going to say it loud and clear for everybody who's new to pressure canning. Simply because you've placed your weighted gauge onto the pressure canner does not mean that you start your timer. You wait until either the dial gauge on your canner registers 11 PSI or the weighted gauge or poppycock starts rattling at a consistent slow pace, that is how you know you're at 10 PSI. For those of you in higher elevation, you're going to want to utilize your altitude guide and process according to the PSI based on your elevation. 
For those of us in no elevation, it's going to be either 10 PSI for a weighted gauge canner or 11 PSI for a dial gauge canner. And you do not start your temperature until it has hit that PSI. And for those of you tuning in and wanting to can sweet potatoes in a quart, you're going to process your quart jars for 90 minutes. And those of you canning in pints, it will be for 65 minutes. Notice the difference from regular white flesh potatoes. It's quite different. We're going a bit longer because the PSI warrants us to do so. And um, yes, they are. I get asked this all the time. That what is the consistency going to be like? They are going to be fully cooked and they are going to break down a little bit. They're not going to be overly mushy, but unfortunately, they will not retain a nice perfectly square shape. They are going to break down and that is totally fine because we know that when we go to use these, we can drain that water and we can then either mash them, whip them, or use them in any recipe we see fit. Okay, so before we talk about ways in which to utilize the home canned sweet potatoes, let's talk about those of you who may want to candy this, which means you're going to create a simple syrup. So instead of using just plain fresh water, you want to create a syrup to cover those sweet potatoes. And if you go to my website at canningdiva.com, I do have in my fruit section, um, I have a variety of ways in which to make syrup, simple syrups for canning fruits. It's the same process here for canning the sweet potatoes. Um, you're just going to obviously be using it over a vegetable versus a fruit. Um, let me pull up for you, F-R, I can spell F-R-U-I-T, if I can spell fruit, my goodness. All right, here is the chart. I'm going to run through it for those of you that are tuning in. Um, this is just using the sugar and the water. And basically, you can, you can go as heavy as you want, meaning that it has a higher sugar content. Or you can go what I call super light. And just you're just barely giving those those sweet potatoes a, a sweetening up, if you will. But I will run through each of these. So for those of you taking notes, grab your notepad and pen or head over to my website. And under recipes in the fruit section, I have this simple syrup chart for canning fruit. It can also be applied to the sweet potatoes. All right. So for those of you interested in just a very super light, simple syrup, you're going to need a half a cup of sugar to five cups of water, okay? You bring that to a quick boil until the sugar dissipates and it's fully dissolved, and then that is what you're going to put over your sweet potatoes. Now, if you want to stay with the raw packing theme, you can allow that simple syrup to cool, and so that way it's not boiling hot, or you want to use hot jars when you're raw packing your sweet potatoes because you're adding hot boiling syrup. I'll be honest with you, it's easier to have everything cold because it's hard to hold that jar and really get in there to pack those sweet potatoes when it's piping hot. Glass is a conductor. It gets very hot and it stays hot. And so it's just, for me, easier when everything is cool so that I can use my hands. But again, that glass coffee pot analogy I've used before in previous podcasts it stays true no matter which recipe you are preserving. So think of a glass coffee pot. If you have a full pot of hot piping coffee inside a glass coffee pot and you go and you give all of your guests, you fill their mugs, right? 
that glass is still hot. The last thing you're going to do is walk over to the sink and fill it full of ice cold water. Why? Because you know that that glass coffee pot could likely shatter or fracture or crack right open. It can't handle the vast temperature swing. Well, neither can a glass mason jar. So we want to make sure whether you're making a simple syrup and you want to hot pack this or you're doing it raw pack with cold vegetable, cold water. Okay, everything's cold. The canner water has to match. So just keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, whatever route you wish to take, just make sure you're staying consistent. Now, the next simple syrup would be what I call a very light syrup. It would be one and a quarter cups of sugar to five and a half cups of water. If you'd like a light, simple syrup, it's two and a half cups of sugar to five and a half cups of water. A medium simple syrup would be three and a half cups of sugar to five cups of water. Last but not least, a heavy simple syrup would be four and a half cups of sugar to four and a half cups of water. Notice how that one is equal parts. So that is going to be a much sweeter and a thicker syrup versus the super light, which is only a half a cup of sugar to five cups of water. Again, for those of you unable to take notes because you're either driving or you're actually in your kitchen canning this up, head over to my website at canningdiva.com and all of those measurements are there for you. Now, this simple syrup recipe can be scaled up or down based on how many jars you have to fill. And the reason I can't give you an adequate ratio is I don't know how, how well or, or how limited you packed your sweet potatoes into each, into each jar. And the reason that's important is the tighter they're packed, the less liquid is going to fit in there. If you have a lot of open spots, you're going to use more liquid. So those ratios can just continue to be scaled up based on how many jars you're filling. Okay. And the beauty of that is now you've candied those sweet potatoes. And when you go to use them, you can either keep the liquid or drain them and they've absorbed some of that sugary flavor. Okay. All right, so let's talk about fun ways in which to utilize your home canned sweet potatoes in a variety of ways. And some of my favorite are in casseroles. Not going to lie, I will use them a lot. Um, I will also blend a quart or two, depending on how much soup I need to make. I will blend them so that I can use it in soups. It's a great way to thicken a soup naturally um, and still have a really nice natural sweet flavor to it. Um, for those of you who are familiar with my cookbook, The Complete Guide to Pressure Canning, I have a Moroccan sweet potato soup recipe in there that you actually make the soup and preserve it. Well, for those of you who have similar recipes that aren't canning and they're just stovetop, you can utilize your home canned sweet potatoes to make that Moroccan sweet potato soup if you just plan on doing it on the stovetop. You just need something quick and easy, right? Um, that's some, some of my favorites are with, with the soups. Others would be, you know, your side dishes. So if you just want a nice sage flavored, um, mashed sweet potatoes, or you like to do a creamier with some heavy whipping cream, that is an easy way to just get it on your stove, you know, heat it up, mash it up. Boom. It's a side dish served in minutes so that you're not having to, you know, bake the sweet potatoes and then and then gut them, if you will, and then add your seasonings. It's just really easy to have it ready to go on your pantry shelf. 
And then, of course, those of you who love making your homemade sweet potato pie filling, you can do this using your home canned sweet potatoes, and it cuts out a lot of the steps prior to, you know, making the pie. So keep that in mind. Instead of heading to the store and buying commercially canned sweet potatoes or yams, utilize you know, your home canned goods for these root crops. And whether it's candied or whether it's plain with no seasoning, uh, there's no wrong way. Truly, it's based on how you cook at home and how you're going to utilize those sweet potatoes. For those of you that are vegetarians or vegan and you really utilize them in your baking, oh my goodness, to have it ready to go on your pantry shelf you will be surprised at how much easier the prep time is going to be cut in half often or more because you've already got the sweet potatoes preserved and in your pantry because you took the time and you know months like december where they're they're heavily on sale there's a whole bunch of them in the store um they're super cheap and they're still fresh right i mean they're ready to go so this that's a great way to maximize um some cost savings and um, get them on get them on the pantry shelf, and they'll last for upwards of five years. So you're not you're not out anything. You're making an investment right now, and you can live off of them and eat off of them for years to come. Okay, everybody. I hope I have given you something fun and exciting to do while the snow is flying, and many of you are experiencing colder temps than usual, especially those of you in the south. I've I've got some family in Florida that had to dig through their uh, storage units to find sweaters and jeans because the temperatures have dropped so drastically. Uh, those of us in the north, we are totally in a blizzard and uh, I don't mind it. Uh, we're all hunkered down. My family's in, in town and we're just hunkered in and we're, we're planning for Christmas. It's going to be a low key Christmas because um, you know, as we're all getting older, it's more about spending time with one another versus gift giving. But I'll tell you what, we have a lot of fun in the kitchen. I mean, we, I, my menu, I'm so excited to make a Christmas dinner for, for my family. I had more fun planning all of the side dishes, utilizing a lot of my home canned goods than I did the main course because I actually did it so backwards. By the time I was done making the, the menu, I got a hold of my sister and I was like, okay, what do we want for a main dish? I don't feel like ham. You know, I've got some beef from, uh, you know, a cow we split um, from, you know, months ago. I'm thinking I could do a beef roast, uh, a pork loin. I was going to stuff a pork loin with my blonde curry apple chutney, but we, we just did that not too long ago. So I was really stumped. So I was, I was reaching out to her going, just tell me what you want me to make for the main course. I got all the sides covered, but uh, we're going to have a really nice time hunkering down. We're going to enjoy being in the kitchen. For those of you who follow me on Facebook and Instagram, you noticed I published a really delicious oatmeal raisin breakfast casserole uh, recipe. That was, that was delicious. We're going to eat off of that for the next couple of days for our breakfast uh, head over to canningdiva.com. You can see that recipe as well. Just have fun. Hug those you love. Make lots of memories. Get some canning in while you have the downtime. And, and please subscribe to my podcast because I have a lot of fun things in store for 2023 because, guys, 
I'm signing off until then. So I appreciate all of you and I look forward to you all tuning in next year. But this is the last episode to wrap up my season two for 2022. Thank you all. You mean the world to me. Have a blessed Christmas and a wonderful, wonderful new year. Happy canning. Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Canning with the Diva. For tips, recipes, and techniques, please visit us online at canningdiva.com.